You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! So, it's episode 39. And on today's episode, we are going to the Nagorogoro Crater in Tanzania. And also, this is a bit of an epic episode, I guess, because we're halfway through my trip, really, because I've been on the road about eight months and the trip in total was 16 months. And we've gone over halfway. We're at, after this episode, we'll have been at 17,520 miles of the 30,000 miles I covered on this trip. As well, I'm in Arusha, which is exactly halfway between Cairo and Cape Town. So there you go. <laughs> episode 39. <laughs> Here it comes. A little bit about Nagorgor Crater, which is absolutely amazing. And I would highly recommend it. I mean, it's one of the only true safaris that I paid for, actually, like that went on an organized safari. Besides the chimps and gorillas, which is kind of different. It's not a safari per se. Yeah, so this was it. And it was only a, a day and a half. I mean, they say two days, one night, but really you only spend one day in the crater. Absolutely brilliant. How the crater was formed, about two and a half million years ago, a active volcano, which was about the same size as Mount Kilimanjaro, so they reckon around 5,800 meters, basically exploded. And the explosion created what's called a caldera. And this is the biggest intact caldera in the world. And the crater is also UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it's also one of the seven natural wonders of Africa, if not the world. I think it should be the world, to be honest. <laughs> and there's about 40,000 people that still live in the crater, mostly Maasai Mara, the tribe. And there's an incredible amount of animals in this crater. So it's about 680 meters deep and about 260 square kilometers. So it's, it's quite big. But there's like 30,000 animals in there and all, all sorts. I mean, pretty much any animal you can find in Africa are in this crater, <laughs> except for gorillas, chimps, and giraffes, because the giraffes is too steep for the giraffes to, to go down. But you'll find giraffes in the area around the crater. So poor giraffes get left out. <laughs> and it's also a great place to see the very endangered black rhinos as well as the black mane lions. There's only about 50 black rhinos in the park, and that probably is most of them in the world, to be honest, that are free. Uh, and there's about 65 to 75 lions in, in the crater as well. And like I said, plus loads of other different types of animals. I had seen a lot of animals so far, but I was super looking forward to seeing the rhinos and the lions, obviously, because I hadn't seen them yet. So I was super pumped about this trip. Okay, so picking up where we left off, it's day 240. I had just said goodbye to Claire, English girl who I'd met in Nairobi, and we've traveled together for almost two months all around Lake Victoria and had many adventures together. <laughs> so it was, yeah, a bit sad saying goodbye to her, although there was a chance we might meet again because she was off to climb Mount Muru, and obviously I was off to go to the crater. So 
we weren't sure, but anyways, we said our goodbyes. And if you listen to the last episode, you'll hear what a palava it was for me to book this safari or, you know, get going on it. So I was very happy that I was finally setting off. I'm officially on my own traveling solo. So a little bit scary, but I was way more excited about it. The safari, the Range Rover, woke me up at my hotel around two o'clock. And there were four other people on my little safari group, plus our driver, David, who is a really lovely guy. So there was a Belgian, there's two Belgian guys who turned out to be a bit douchey. <laughs> and, but a lovely couple. But Lisa, who was from Australia, and then her husband, Chris, who was from South Africa. They were great. We hit it off right away. And we were kind of sitting in the back seats. So we took off. And the first two hours of the drive was great because it's on paved roads. So that's a novelty in Africa, <laughs> at least back in 1993 when I was there. But I can't imagine a lot's changed really well regarding the roads. But then we turned off to head towards the crater. And yep, here we go back to the roads I'm used to. Shocking. <laughs> like pothole dirt roads. Ridiculous. Like you'd think this is like a road to a main you know, tourism site for Tanzania. Like, you think they might have fixed those roads? I mean, maybe now they have, but back then, no way. So it was back to like flying every pothole out of your seat. Fun times. Finally came to a little village and we stopped and had a cup of tea and chat to the local people. And then, but we decided we should keep going because we left. We didn't leave till the afternoon. You really should leave in the morning because it's about a five and a half hour drive to the crater from Arusha. It's about 185 kilometers each way. So 185 kilometers takes five and a half hours. <laughs> Puts it into a bit more perspective how bad the roads are. We decided we wanted to get keep driving because we wanted to get closer to the crater so we could you know get there early in the morning and not waste time getting there, basically. So we drove about another 45 minutes to get to Safari Junction, <laughs> where we were supposed to have stayed the night because like our safari included... All our food, the transportation there and back from Arusha, night's accommodation in a hotel room, plus our food for the two days, right? There's like three different types of accommodation at Safari Junction. Of course, they're all full because tour company didn't book any accommodation for us. <laughs> so I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Finally found this safari camp where we could camp. The organizer told us all that you know, everything's included, including our night's accommodation. So you don't have to bring any of your own stuff, just day bag for, you know, clothes, whatever, for the next day. Well, luckily, I had my whole backpack with me, including my tent, because we, the tents that they gave out for us to use at the safari camp place were disgusting. They stunk and they were covered in mold. So four other people in my group were not happy. I was just like, well, I'm just going to pitch my own tent. So at least I've got my own things. And then David, our driver said, oh, well, it's too expensive to eat here. <laughs> We're going to go back down to this village and go to a different restaurant. We're like, what? <laughs> I mean, food in Africa or Tanzania back then really wasn't that expensive. <laughs> I mean, five bucks was a luxury meal. So you could eat for two or three dollars, pretty easy local food. Anyway, so pile back in the Range Rover, go to the village. By the time we got there, because it's dark now, and it was a dingy little dive, and they hardly had any food left. And the food they did have left was meat, which I don't eat red meat. So I ended up getting a small bowl of beans, one chapati, and a banana. <laughs> that was my dinner. I was like, what <laughs> is this nonsense? 
And, you know, the food that one of the four people got were, wasn't great either. So none of us are really very happy on our first day of the safari. Drove back to the camp and David managed to find me a bowl of onion soup and some bread. <laughs> Bless him. I mean, he was great. He could only do what his companies told him to do, right? So he did really try. Bless him. And I remember like when I booked, they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to get all this amazing food and your own chef on the safari, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next morning, I did at least get a good night's sleep because probably I was in my own tent and I wasn't having to breathe in mold. But 6 or 8 in the morning, packed up and, of course, headed back to the dingy re restaurant for breakfast because it was cheap. <laughs> and we got a greasy omelet and some greasy donuts each for our breakfast. Finally drove up to the crater and you drive up to the top and it's just absolutely stunning. The view is amazing because you're up by 700 meters and then just looking down in the crater, it literally takes your breath away. It's absolutely stunning. Nagorno Crater is also known as the Garden of Eden because it, it really looks like it. It's like every little piece of Africa is in this crater. So you get different vegetation and habitats. So there's even like almost a bit of a desert area. There's forests, there's grasslands, there's lowlands, there's a lake, there's a dry riverbed. So it was super sandy. So that kind of looked like deserty. It was crazy. And of course, like I said, all the animals too <laughs> you find in Africa are pretty much in this crater as well. The ride down, because it's very, very steep. Like I said, you go about 680 meters. I mean, giraffes can't even do it. So, <laughs> And after my truck accident in Ethiopia, where I almost died, catch that episode if you haven't listened to it yet, I was a little bit nervous, just praying that the brakes would not give out on the Land Rover like it did on the truck. But we made it safe and sound. Well, there's dirt roads and things like that through the crater, which you stay on, you follow those. And they're pretty strict on that, which is good because that was another reason I never did any safaris in Masai Mara and Serengeti or anywhere else is because, I mean, I drove through all these parks. So I got to see animals just on buses or in back of trucks or whatever I was in. But a lot of the parks, they were just crazy. It was almost like open zoos in a way because... They would drive off-road when they're not supposed to. So you'd see, say, a lion chasing an antelope or something. The next thing you know, there's like literally a hundred Land Rovers driving across the land, not following the roads, chasing this lion who's chasing this antelope. I mean, that's no good. Hopefully they've gotten a bit stricter nowadays. I'm not sure. But the crater, again, you kind of had to go on a safari to go there. And it was a lot more organized and disciplined. So I was happy to you know, do that, obviously. And just seeing the crater itself was amazing, let alone seeing all the animals. So, I mean, all five of us, we were super pumped to, you know, to see the lions and the, the rhinos because I think there's even less of them back then. So there, at least that population's grown a little bit. We, we were driving around and like I said, you just... It's so cool just seeing the miniature, almost like, landscapes of Africa. The lake is covered in flamingos, loads of flamingos, because obviously there's a lot of birds there as well. Saw a warthog, <laughs> or warthogs. Yeah, and there's also hippos in the lake. I mean, I've had my close encounters with hippos, but still, it's really always cool to see them again. And it was great, because our Land Rover, the, the back half was roofless, so... And that's where I was sitting. So I just stood on my seat with my head out the, the roof the whole time, which was awesome. Like, you know, 360 view of Africa and all these animals. So we're on the lookout for the lions. I mean, there are leopards there, but leopards are very elusive. And I never saw a leopard in the whole time I was in Africa, which is probably a good thing. Because <laughs> I would have been probably walking somewhere if I would have seen one. And we're driving around and just checking out all the animals and taking photos and all that stuff. And just like your mouth is just open the whole time, whole time in awe and just like, whoa. 
excitement. And then we see a couple of Land Rovers had pulled over. So David's like, okay, something's happening over there. So we drove, we drove over there on the roads. And yeah, there was two lions, like just totally chilling out in the middle of the road. One male, one female. And they were the black mane lions. So I was like, wow, this is so awesome. So we got quite close. I mean, I probably was maybe like 10 feet max from the male lion. So I got an amazing photo, actually. Because remember, this is pre-digital camera. So you had rolls of film and you couldn't see what you're taking. So you're very select on your photos you took. But I got a couple of good ones of the lines. So they're just chilling. And then after a little while, they, the female got up, went up to the male and started prowling around the male. <laughs> and then he just kind of ignored her and she walked away. And then they both got up and kind of walked away. But yeah, it was amazing. Started driving and then David spotted a black rhino. So we're like, okay. So we drove towards them. I mean, he was super nervous to not get too close to them because black rhinos are a little bit crazy. They have very bad eyesight, but their smelling is very good. So we got maybe 25 meters, 30 meters away from it and stopped. And like I said, I'm at the back. Like it looked just like two big black boulders. They're huge. And that back then they still had their horns. They weren't chopped off like elephant tusks nowadays to help prevent poaching and ivory trade and all that. Watching it, the next thing you know, he kind of just, I don't know if he just all of a sudden smelt us or something, but he just started charging us. David's like, whoa, puts the Land Rover in gear and we take off with the rhino and I'm at the back. So I would be the first he'd hit if he caught up with us. Right. And they can run pretty fast for a short period of time. And it's getting closer. <laughs> I'm just like, David, floor it, man. <laughs> but it was so exciting and really cool. And eventually the rhino stopped and we got further enough away. But yeah, it was a little uh, adrenaline kick for sure how many times can you say you've been charged by a black rhino and live to tell the tale <laughs> i don't think very often yeah and then we also saw like there's many different types of antelopes and we saw some elephants in the forest four hyenas they are ugly little bastards let me tell you <laughs> yeah it was just an amazing amazing time and now a quick sponsor break. Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. Manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance, double L in traveled, and don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> okay, now back to the show. And don't forget... Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. Manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance, double L in traveled, and don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. So we were probably driving around in the crate for about three hours, three hours, three to four hours. It was just breathtaking. It was amazing. There's like a little picnic area. We went over there, got out and talked to some Maasai Mara people. And they're renowned for their being able to jump super high vertically. Like, it's amazing. So they do a little routine for you, I guess. You know, it was kind of touristy. But then I talked to some afterwards, like on the down low kind of thing. So yeah, super amazing people. Very interesting. So for our lunch, I mean, we had zero expectations, <laughs> basically, on the food front. So David gave us a boiled egg each, some fruit, and a cake. That was our lunch. But he forgot to buy drinks. So 
<laughs> no drinks. And it was quite dry and thirsty. You know, we were quite thirsty. I mean, luckily I had um, some water in my water bottle, but again, not too impressed on the no drinks. <laughs> And also you had to fight off the vervet monkeys because they're little crafty buggers and they all try and steal your food. We're like, listen, we hardly have any. So sorry, guys. <laughs> Hit up the next uh, rich tourist coming next. So they'll have much more for you, I'm sure. And then, yeah, after lunch, it was time to head back. And I will never, ever forget that day in the crater. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So we started the ascent back up. And again, the views, just breathtaking. Just really so beautiful. Minus the road. The road is pretty bad. <laughs> Coming into the crater and, you know, for the few hours to get to the pavement. So we stopped at the little village nearby where we'd stopped on our way up to get a soda because we're all like we're dying of thirst now. It's about mid-afternoon. So there's a little shop there. So we all go to pick out a soda. And Dave is like, sorry, I, ha I don't have any more money. You're going to have to buy your own. <laughs> that went down well. I can tell you that. <laughs> was just like what like the promises we were made about the safari like for when we booked it all individually just the opposite of what we actually got I mean the crater itself thankfully was amazing so you know it was worthwhile I mean I paid $50 US you know he wanted more but my friend Claire had gone with these guys and that's why I went with them. You have a huge selection of tour groups you can go with in from Arusha but because Claire said she had a great time that's why I went with them. And he was trying to get me to pay more at the time. And I'm like, listen, I'm paying 50 bucks. That's it. Take it or leave it. I can go somewhere else. So we agreed on 50. On the drive back, the five of us were talking about how much we each had paid. Lisa and Chris had paid $55 each. And the Belgians had paid 135 for both of them. So altogether, it was like the company made 300 bucks for the five of us. And, you know, we got crap. Probably about $3 in food. <laughs> had to camp when we were promised hotel rooms and not even a drink <laughs> on, the, on the actual safari day it was just no this is not happening we're you know so we had arranged to meet up at it it's called equator tours the next morning and you know demand some money back basically because it was a complete ripoff i mean the guy literally lied to us it took us like i said about five and a half hours to get back to arusha i mean we love david we did all tip david because it wasn't his fault he was only given the amount of money that the owner gave him and he tried his hardest to, to do what he could you know we made sure he was looked after at least and the last hour you can see Mount Muru in the background which is beautiful and I was just thinking of Claire because I'm like oh my gosh I wonder if she's on it climbing it <laughs> you know if she made it you know Dave dropped me off back at my guest house and there was a letter from Claire and she had left the day before to go to Mount Muru so she'd be back in a couple of days so she might see me if I'm still around or if not you know safe travels it was great traveling with you all that jazz kind of thing she's gonna be back in a couple of days I thought well I'll wait for her because also I wanted to figure out if I was going to do Kilimanjaro or what I was doing so waiting two days in Arusha was not a problem and I actually really liked Arusha because there's lots of other travelers there and lots to chat about with them and it would be nice to surprise her. So I was like, okay, that's cool. So I know I'm going to be here for two more days. Absolutely fine. I was filthy by the time I got back. So I managed to get a bucket. You literally just get a bucket of water and have a shower. So it's called bucket showers. <laughs> you're lucky if it's hot or warm. Usually it's cold, <laughs> depending where you're staying. <laughs> and then went to one of my favorite places called Robinson's for dinner because I was pretty starving after our last two days of pretty pitiful food. 
The next day, day 242, after going to the Y, which is where my chosen breakfast place was, because it was cheap and cheerful and really good, actually. So, yeah, I headed back to, it's like a big conference center, which is all the safari and uh, trekking operators are based. I went there trying to go out for, for Kilimanjaro. I mean, I wasn't 100% yet sure I was going to do it just because of money. I was really, really low on money. I think I had about $500 left <laughs> on traveler's checks and I had still a long ways to go to get to Cape Town. So I was a little bit stressed about money. And I knew Killy would be between three and $400 US, a couple of credit cards. So I hadn't used those yet. I still had a couple thousand dollars on each of the credit cards. So I was okay. I talked to one lady and she wanted 450 US for a six day trek. And I was like, nope, too expensive. Because I was thinking 300. I'd heard other people do it for 300. And that's kind of my max, really. But I did bump into two really lovely English girls, Louise and Isabel. Izzy. So hung out with them for a little bit. And then it was time to meet my safari group because <laughs> they were on we're on the warpath a little bit for equator tours, our crater tour company. We all met up first and then we walked to the equator tours together. And Loya, who is the sleazy owner of the company, he was there. I actually didn't. I sat back. The Belgians were the most pissed off because they paid the most. <laughs> so I kind of sat back and, and let the guys take over and Lisa and I kind of just let the boys go at it really they explained exactly what happened how you know we were completely misled about what we were supposed to get and blah 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 and he listened for maybe two minutes before then he just started arguing and yelling at us and blah 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 it's just like oh my gosh because we want some money back five of us we gave you three hundred dollars I don't know how much the park entrance fee was at the time because that included that but he still made probably a couple hundred bucks and the amount of food like I said it was ridiculous and camping and all that so he's like okay well I'm gonna I'll give you a thousand shillings back Tanzanian shillings back which was the equivalent to about two dollars <laughs> because it was about 450 shillings to the dollar at the time nowadays it's about 2300 I think we're like not no <laughs> not acceptable <laughs> so basically after threatening that we were going to write to the lonely planet and give him bad reviews he's like okay fine i'm gonna give you twelve thousand shillings back which is about 26 dollars split between the four of you because she's not getting anything pointing to me <laughs> i was like what why are you not giving me any Oh, well, you basically begged me to let you go on this safari and then demanded that you're only going to pay $50. So you're getting nothing back. I was like, that's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> My friend Claire told me the price. So I knew the price was 50 bucks. I told you, take it or leave it. I'll book somewhere else. So it was more the other way around. We agreed on that price. Lisa and Chris only paid $5 more than me. So I don't understand why you haven't go at me. Then you just said, F my ass. <laughs> and get out of my office. It's like, what? Like, totally shocked. Again, we all were like, what? Why are you having to go at her? Like, what is going on? And anyways, he said, well, give you $12,000 back between the four of you, but I don't have the money now. I have to go get it. So you have to wait. I'll come back in an hour. Well, we're all thinking. We'll never see this guy again if we let him out of our sight. So 
Chris and the Belgian guys, they said, we're going to stay here. And Lisa and I went into town because we had some running around to do. Okay, well, we'll be back in an hour with your 12,000 shillings. And we're like, okay, see you in an hour. And then I also had to get some money out. So I put like 350 US on my credit card and then about $300 worth of traveler's checks and just threat kept the rest in shillings. So we did all that. So that took a couple hours. Then we go back to Equator Tours. Nope, no surprise. Loya still hasn't showed up. <laughs> Chris had to do some stuff. So the Belgian guy's like, okay, well, we'll stay, but we have to leave soon because we got to go to Moshi because we're climbing Kilimanjaro tomorrow. And we're like, okay, well, we'll be back shortly. Went back into town, did our things, and then came back about 4.30. And yeah, Loya still hadn't showed up because we got there at noon. So four and a half later and still no sign of him. I mean, I wasn't, none of us were surprised, to be honest. And the Belgian's like, well, we have to go because we got to catch our transport to get to Moshi, start climbing Kili tomorrow. So they paid the most and got nothing, <laughs> nothing back. So they weren't very happy about that. So we all left and we're like, all right, we'll try again tomorrow morning. The next morning I met up with Chris and Lisa for breakfast at the Y. After breakfast, Chris said, okay, you got you girls stay here. I'm going to go back to the equator and I'll either come back with their money or I'm calling the police on him. So we're like, okay, you go to town, Chris. <laughs> it's so nice have someone else have to deal with this crap because it's usually with me whether I was traveling with Casey or Claire usually I was the one that had to deal with this kind of stuff so it was a nice break for me to be honest so about 45 minutes later Chris showed up with the the 12,000 shillings surprise surprise I guess the threat of the police helped matters <laughs> so we each got four thousand so eight dollars each turned out cost me 42 bucks for the safari and just the four hours in the crater I would have paid a lot more than that to see that so I was like okay great we got something back felt you know I did feel a little bit bad for the Belgians so say goodbye to Chris and Lisa because they were off to Nairobi but they gave me lots of contact details for friends and stuff who lived in South Africa to definitely get in touch with them and really lovely couple so I just went to the train station to have to get a rough idea how much it was going to be to get the train from Moshi to Dar es Salaam and it was about 3,350 shillings for a second class sleeper. And it's about 12 hours. So I thought that was pretty good. And then, yeah, I just went back to the madhouse to wait for Claire to get back because she's supposed to be back in a few hours. I did tell all the staff to not say I was there, that I had already left. And I wrote her a little note saying goodbye and all that stuff because I wanted to surprise her. But then I bumped into this guy I met, Peter, that I had met in Navasha about a couple months prior. When I was with Claire, actually, and uh, he was there with a, another girl, Caroline. So they're like, well, let's go for a beer. You know, I hadn't seen him for a couple of months. So we went next door for Jambos uh, for a couple of beers. Ended up having about three <laughs> or four. A little bit drunk. And then went back into the hotel room around seven. And Claire had just gotten back. And she's like, yeah, I knew you were here still. And I was like, what? There goes my surprise. So it was great to see her again. And she came back with me, went back to Jambos and... And I was like, oh my God, Peter's here and all that. Just getting quite drunk and drinking beers. And more people kept joining us. So it was it was really good fun. And she filled me in on Mount Meru. She said it was great. It was beautiful. She could see Kilimanjaro the whole trek. And I mean, she said it was hard, but it was awesome. So she had a really good time. So to hear about, because let me tell you, <laughs> I think there's going to be a whole episode of my ordeal booking my Kilimanjaro trek. If I thought this one was bad, this next episode... <laughs> takes the cake so make sure you tune in next week to hear all about that and then we'll be climbing killy <laughs> eventually <laughs> and now it's time for tam's top tips
Tip number one, it's about the Nogoa Crater is five and a half hour drive from Arusha to get there or seven and a half hour drive from Nairobi. Closest airport is at Arusha, so you're going to have to do this drive <laughs> regardless. But if you wanted to, you know, fly to Arusha, you could do that. You know, I'm all about traveling over land, so but whatever makes you happy. The little tidbit I found about the crater is that it's one of the most important prehistoric sites in the world because the fossils they have found there are some of the earliest of the human species. It is an amazing place, I'm telling you. <laughs> and they have limited tourists that are allowed in there per day. Pre-COVID, there was about 450,000 tourists a year that went there. So you have to have a permit. I mean, usually your safari company will, well, they have to, they arrange that for you. And the park fee is 70 US dollars. So if you're to do independent, like the cheapest way, you'd pay for the park fees of 70 bucks. So there's no public transport there. So you have to rent a Land Rover or a Jeep because like I said, the roads are so bad. So you'd have to put those costs in as well as obviously food and accommodation brings me to tip number two. <laughs> it's probably, regardless of my experience, it's probably easiest to book a, you know, if you want to do what I did, two day safari tour, which is the cheapest I've just kind of looked for you guys. So for a budget two day safari, which includes camping for the night's accommodation, your transport and your food, and hopefully you just get a better uh, luck than I had. But you're looking at between four and $500 per person budget. <laughs> and like I said, that includes transport from to and from Arisha. Or you can combine it into longer safaris. So between, you know, four and eight days. And you'd see other parks as well, like Serengeti or Masemar. Again, depending on your budget level, between $800 to $1,200 per person. So kind of more budget safari, so a lot of camping, eight to twelve hundred dollars. If you're looking at more luxurious, then it's between five hundred to a thousand dollars a day. Yeah. And then tip three, I really would still recommend booking locally, whether you know in Arusha or possibly Mashi or even Nairobi. But Arusha is probably your best bet because like I said there's just so many. You have a lot of competition, so you can bargain with prices. But nowadays you can look online at reviews on TripAdvisor <laughs> or talk to other travelers and hear their experiences. Definitely, definitely do that before you book anything. It still would be cheaper to book it locally than from from home, basically. Okay, and for my solo female travelers, shout out. Your best bet is just to find other travelers in Arusha and you guys kind of go together and book the safari. Like I said, the two days, like the what I did, minus the food and accommodation, you know, was plenty. I mean, if you're on a really tight budget, because even nowadays, it's like four or 500 bucks just for two days. It's worth it, and I highly recommend it. You're never going to see anywhere like it in the world. It's incredible. And don't forget... Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. Manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance, double L and traveled. And don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. Okie dokie. I think that's wrap for this week. So make sure you subscribe. I will catch you next Thursday for the next episode all about my craziness of trying to book my Kilimanjaro trek. <laughs> okay, until then, take care and safe travels one road at a time. <laughs>